Inflation. Inflation. Rising prices are a thing. No question. Uh, they've been rising for years. The real question revolves around the words temporary and transitionary. These are the two buzzwords we're seeing right now. And trying to pin down meaningful definitions seems to elicit responses akin to, well, how long is a piece of string? Time is a flat circle. Uh, you know, or time is a construct, man. Like, you know, an economist version uh, is a thousand words longer, but it's about as enlightening as that. Time is a flat circle, right? True detective, Matthew McConaughey. But what the hell does that even mean? So transitionary, temporary, what, what does that mean? The CPI, the Consumer Price Index, hit 4.4% annualized in September, an 18-year high. So no doubt, prices are on the rise. Now, if you don't own a fuel-burning vehicle, your personal CPI was actually just 3.5% because, yeah, gas prices are up 33% year over year. Damn, Elon, where is my Cybertruck, man? But apparently material shortages and labor shortages and everything else, uh, my Cybertruck is another year or two away from the sounds of it. The trend of the CPI is upward, clearly. Every month for the past nine or 10 months, it's up, 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 up. The last two months, it's up 0.2% which uh, yeah, it's starting to add up and it's, it's likely to keep trending along this, this uh, line for a little while. And inflation is the world's problem. It's not just a Canadian or a North American problem. Everything is up everywhere. The world. Yeah, there we go, right behind me. And now is this because of low interest rates? No. Uh, the 1980s called and wants its theories back. It's not about low interest rates driving inflation. Inflation is on the rise for the exact same reason that we've watched unbelievable and somehow unimportant inflation in the area of, say, real estate. I mean, you've heard me say it before, but I bought a house in 1995 for $168,000 that 11 years earlier, the buyer had paid $42,000 for. 42000 to 168,000 in 11 years. There wasn't inflation in the 90s. What are you talking about? Right. But the real issue is, of course, supply issues, supply chains experiencing problems due to premature COVID shutdowns and then trouble getting reopening because who knew we were all going to want a new car and a new iPhone and all the rest of it while unable to go anywhere at all. Kind of weird. We're all buying new cars and can't even, you know, Canada, you can't even drive across the border to fuel the car up with, is it cheaper in the U.S.? I don't even know if it's cheaper in the U.S. anymore. That used to be a thing. Extreme weather events, social issues, i.e. the great resignation, a whole bunch of people realizing, I don't want to go back to work because by the time I factor in the actual costs of commuting, dressing up, lunches, all the things, and childcare, my net at the end of the day it's just not that much. In fact, I could do this online side hustle or work from home for this other company and do this other thing. And I can make, I can make that net. Like it isn't that hard because somebody making 60 or $70,000 a year who has to bear all those transport and childcare expenses, they're, they're not left with a whole lot of money. They could, they could dog walk and net more money out, you know, while the kids are in school type thing. So you know, where, where are we going to be left with labor shortages and supply shortages? Bottom line is when there's a lack of supply, there's no deals on anything. This year's Black Friday, it's basically going to be deals on eBay by you know people, uh, the 2020 
toilet paper hoarders selling their hoard off. There's not going to be any kind of sales to speak of from the looks of it. Now, the U.S. inflation is higher than ours, so they're the one to watch, sort of. I mean, everything American is no longer Canadian, and uh, it's not like it used to be, luckily. Central banks, they're all... You know, they're all loving this word transitory. So transitory, transitory, transitory inflation. So everybody be cool, be calm. This is a robbery. And expect to hear it again at next week's Bank of Canada meeting. Transitory. No doubt it'll be part of their announcement. That'll be the meeting where they leave prime flat. Because low rates are not what's driving prices higher, as I'm saying, right? This time, it's different. It, it really is. And hey, one man's transitory, Tiff Macklem's, just might be another man's decade, right? Transitory might be 10 years. It just might be. Go back to 2009, and you can find all the pundits making arguments then for spiking rates, rates about to rise, uh, prepare for interest rate shock. There were all these great headlines in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 2016, 2017. And then, oh, the rates finally went up. What, what did they go up? They went up three quarter point hikes in one year. Holy smokes, it was crazy. Or maybe there were four, pardon me. But boom, here we are right back where we were in 2009, more or less. When inflation is driven by a lack of materials and a lack of labor, pushing rates up a point or two points over the next two years isn't really necessarily the answer. And with all due respect, most economists are wrong about most things because of, well, the unexpected event. Like what could possibly happen next? Dare we even ask? Indeed. Like what? I mean, who knows at this point? Well, what's probably not going to happen next is any kind of significant interest rate hike. It's an old, dull tool for an old problem in an old economy. Pushing prime to slow inflation, like pushing prime up to slow inflation or to cool the real estate market. It's kind of like asking for a root canal from a tree surgeon, all right? A tree surgeon operates with a chainsaw. So yeah, no more problems with the tooth, I guess, because no more patient. So, you know, that's the prime story. But why am I not talking about bond yields and the five-year fixed? Well, because that mortgage product, the five-year fix, made no sense in 1995 when I took my first mortgage, nor residential mortgage, nor did it make any sense in 1970 when my father took his first mortgage. It was a sucker's bet for the last 50 years, and in my outspoken opinion, not that modest of an opinion, it remains a bad move to this day. Now, if you want to be on the news, then talk fear and talk in euphemisms. Throw lines out like, a lot of people are talking, are just, uh, what is it, what was it? A lot of people are just taking variable, you know, rolling the dice. Or it's kind of like picking up a penny in front of a steaming locomotive, a steaming locomotive. That's a reference from like the 1800s. Okay, maybe the early 1900s, but nonetheless, that's a hundred year old reference, which is apropos, I think, you know, like, dude, really, I'm not rolling dice myself when making a personal financial decision, nor do I think you are or anyone else out there. So why suggest a lot of people are? I mean, seriously, it's all about the magic eight ball. Get with it. Okay, maybe peering into a crystal ball. No, I look at stats. I look at real life examples of which I'm lucky enough to have had front row seats to thousands of personal experiences of my past clients. So I look at the actual prepayment penalties in the different mortgage products. And I look at the dollar for dollar savings of being a point below, a solid 1% below the fixed rate for the next year or two or three 
wait, for how long before rates rise? Well, again, there's no way of really knowing for sure, depending on which crystal ball you're peering into. Speaking of balls, here's another great type of prediction bound to get you a headline. Four rate hikes over the next two years running. Really? More crystal ball stuff. But it got that gentleman to the top of the fold, right? It got him the headline. It got him the top of the news story. But if you were in the, say, 2% of people who read the whole story and read all the way to the very bottom, you got to the part where they talked about another gentleman whose job title and employer suggests an equally weighty set of crystal balls. This was the BMO asset manager, chief investment officer, asset management chief investment officer, uh, Sadiq Adesia, who said he doesn't think the Bank of Canada will jump that far ahead of the U.S. central bank. His, his direct quote was, well, I do expect to see the Bank of Canada probably go earlier than the Fed in terms of interest rate hikes. I don't expect to see four next year by any means. Right. He went on to say, I don't think the Bank of Canada wants to go that far ahead of the Fed. So I do expect at least one, maybe two rate hikes next year, but definitely not four. I mean, we can't be definite about any of this stuff. But isn't it interesting how the guy that says we're going to get eight rate hikes in the next two years, he gets the top 90 percent of the article and then the bottom five lines go to the other guy at the other major institution with an equally impressive job title and probably an equally impressive resume saying, yeah, no, maybe one or two rate hikes, but that's not news. That's not clickbait, right? And so what do we all talk about? We talk about four rate hikes two years in a row because one guy said so. What about the other guy? But hey, the traders, aka gamblers, they're betting that the Bank of Canada will move early next year. They're, they're kind of pricing in three rate hikes. That's that's what they're thinking, right? That's that's the market. But will they be right? Will they be wrong? Given the unique nature of our inflationary experience right now, I just don't think higher rates are going to be seen to be the answer. Now, what the hell do I know? Not a lot, but a little. What I know is I don't know a lot. I I I, I know that I don't know a lot. So I'm always kind of looking for all these different opinions on it and, and juggling them all. I'm not putting too much weight in the guy who says there's going to be one or two rate hikes any more than I'm putting weight in the guy who says there's going to be four. I mean, historically, shortages, which are what we're going through, they lead to adaptation. I mean, just look at our own business, right? We suddenly had an inability to go into a home. Appraisals changed the way they were being done. We had an inability to meet with clients face-to-face. -face. Boom, e-signing was adopted. We're experiencing a lot of material shortages. And are, are we seeing, finally, the, 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 the much talked about for the last decade or so, the rise of the container home? Our container, I mean, there are, there's a container condo project underway. So there's adaptation that kicks in. And jacking rates, I just think that's an old world solution and I, I just don't see it. So I'm sticking to my guns. Personally, my mortgage financing is variable because personally, my life is variable. And hey, if your life is variable, maybe your mortgage should be too. There it is. That's all I got.